0: Hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to this edition of the Once Bitten podcast. And joining me today is Uberpleb Daz. You guys know by now that I love talking to some of the plebs out there that have zero following. Like Daz, when he first wrote his first article, I think he had about 90 followers. He still only has about 105 or something. Criminally underfollowed. But what I love about the plebs after sitting through an hour of watching Elon Musk blabber his way through his understanding of Bitcoin and realizing how little any of these flapping heads or heroes or CEOs or so-called experts how how little their knowledge is when it comes to Bitcoin and what's truly going on here and then speaking to a pleb Who's the guy on the street fighting the battle, understanding it, educating himself and listening to Daz talk about this. The guy's an electrician. He educated himself and now he's writing articles so you guys can educate yourselves. This is what this movement is about. This is what Bitcoin is about. It's going to uplift society and all of us at the same time. So if you're not stacking, start stacking because these guys at the top, they still don't get it. They still don't get it. So stack your little fucking tits off. You can do that at coinfloor.co.uk forward slash bitten or relay.ch forward slash bitten or swanbitcoin.com forward slash bitten. Then protect your stack with shiftcrypto.ch forward slash bitten on a hardware wallet. Bitcoin only edition where it's safe. Enjoy this rip with Daz. I know I did. All right. I we, yeah, I, I think she's here, but it's okay. You can ask a quick question. <laughs> right. We are recording and uh, joining me today is Daz. So Daz, how you doing, mate? Yeah, really well, mate. Thanks for having me. Absolute pleasure. Go on in, Lauren. you got a far away quick yeah, question yeah. because All her right, French tutor so has just get, arrived. Yeah. How did you get into
1: Bitcoin? How did I get into Bitcoin? That's, oh, a, like, that's a really long, a long story, question. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a long one. Do, do you have, a, guess, do you have um, another quick one before? Uh,
0: I guess uh, I wait. So you're Australian,
1: right? I am Australian. Yep.
0: Okay. So
1: have you ever seen a koala before? I have. Yes. Yes. They are. They're not common in the wild, but um, I have seen them in the wild before. Uh, they don't live around my house or anything like that. But you see them more in the zoos and so forth. But we have lots of wallabies and kangaroos around the world mm, where I live Alright, she loves the koalas
0: <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah She asks they the Aussies smell
1: that you know, Have you ever cuddled one? No They smell a little bit mm. They're good, they're, they're nice and cuddly They're not the perfect teddy bear yeah. <laughs> No, they're not
0: Alright, well you better run yeah. off because Isabel's just arrived
1: Enjoy you. your French lesson, nice to meet you Bye. See ya you. Cheers mate No worries <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, so she she did. Yeah, thanks. She did ask you the big, wide-open rabbit hole story to begin with. Which, yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, let's Probably try and um, hole, yeah, yeah oh, right as as they usually do. But let's give the listeners a little bit of a background on who you are, other than uh, you know Uber pleb that's just come out of nowhere and started Uber writing pleb. started writing some <laughs> very good
1: articles. I think uh, I've, I've oh, really I been it. enjoying them. Yeah, I love I love that Uber pleb label you gave me. I'm, I'm owning that badge proudly. Um, so, um, I guess long story short, I'm a I'm an electrician uh, by trade. Uh, I started off um, started off in sales. Uh, always wanted to be a Sparky, so I hit around the 30 year old mark. We were talking about um, starting a family, and um, and always wanted to be an electrician. So we we call them ourselves Sparkies in Australia here. So I, I guess this is sort of where the story starts. Um, I tried to get into an electrical um, utility company here and I tried two years in a row and, uh, you know, 30 year old, no trade background, come from a sales experience background so that uh, they weren't really interested. So I sort of took matters into my own hands a little bit and um, went and enrolled in an engineering degree in university and uh, started plugging away at a associate degree in electrical engineering. And that's made me a little bit more attractive to to the, um, the local utility. So two years later, two years into that degree, I um, ended up getting an apprenticeship um, as, a, as an electrician. And um, that sort of sapped the savings accounts pretty hard, starting families and, um, and uh, going back to an apprenticeship wage, which was all, albeit good uh, in comparison, um, doing it at the utility company. It was still, it was still a bit of a struggle. Uh, four years later, finished that apprenticeship and had to move towns. Uh, there were no jobs here. They were going through a restructure. So moved towns and ended up um, uh, uh, moving to a town called Mackay and we were down two kids by that stage, single single wage. So my, well, my wife stopped working and um, we were just sort of piecing things together step by step, working week to week and uh, finally ended up um, finishing my degree. I ended up with a uh, Bachelor of Engineering Science uh, through that stage, got a job back in my old team back in Cairns, and started finally putting some um, some 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 money together. Um, one of the key sort of inputs to that was um, back in when I was in Mackay uh, on this single wage. I read this book called uh, The Barefoot Investor, and one of the key principles he he it was a great book, and I highly recommend even even non Australians um read that book. It was just a really good step back look at your finances look where all the outgoings are uh, you know where, where who's taking money out of your pocket basically and just a really good reset to, s- to say where's your what's your bank doing what's your insurance companies doing what's your superannuation doing which is our retirement accounts in in, in Australia and uh, just a really good reset and one of the really key principles that they introduced me to through that book was um, freelancing so what skills do you have that you can employee outside of your regular workday to increase your cash flow to come in. And so I'd been playing guitar for, um, 20 odd years, always wanted to, um, you know, to go to the pubs and clubs and just play covers and, and, and just share my talent. Um, and it was like the kick up the ass that I really needed to finally go, look, I'm in this new town. I, um, nobody knows me. I'll grow a beard, still got the beard a be and if i'm shit i'll just shave it and walk away you know no one knows me i've got nothing to lose so i just cracked into it and i um i started busking um started busking and, and trying to build a repertoire up and you know I was just down at like a pizzeria place and just started started putting the, the uh set together um each week i'd um i'd put guitars i bought all these cheap guitars and i just put them in every room i could sort of get a hold of uh so that was a, there was a guitar available to me at any sort of time, you know. And um, so I'd just practice and I just focused on one song a week, just build my repertoire by one song a week and I just play it and play it and play it to death. And um much to my wife's disgust, you know, and um finally had this repertoire I can and a, and, a, and a product I could sell to people. Um, you know, so I just went and approached the pubs and the clubs and just said, hey, give me give me a go. And um basically just started from that stage, earning, you know, that was free above and beyond income. So I knew I could survive off the base wage. Just had to find that side hustle to have some sort of um, you know, uh, have have money that we could use for holidays and to invest and all that sort of thing. And and when I finally moved back to Cairns, got a good job, started getting overtime, we just started to build that nest egg up again, you know. And I was sort of like, okay, now what? We got got this money in the bank. Now what do I do with it? So I always wanted to learn how to invest and all that sort of thing and the uni was finished so I'm sort of like sitting there going I'd always wanted to be an engineer but I was sort of sitting there going I've got three years to go part-time study to finally tick that box off am I better off investing that time into reading about finance and markets and that sort of thing and just you know investing myself rather than um, than finishing this engineering degree so I, that's what I did um, so I used that time that I was so used to you know 10 hours a week per subject so I was used to doing 20 hours a week um of, of study for the engineering degree I just funneled that into learning about investing and finance and uh lo and behold you know sort of fast forward through I guess um I was uh an, a value investor student of the value investing mindset you know it made sense to me don't lose a dollar you know Warren Buffett's don't lose money I was like yep I'm buying into that that's 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 exactly what I want to do you know so I started just reading books, um, watching YouTube. And I guess that the the really the guy who finally orange pilled me was um, for, for Bitcoin was Preston Pish alongside a, a host of others, I would imagine, you know, and it was really great because I went right back through their back catalog. So I started with the 2014, 2015 pods, and I was just listening to every single one every day. I was just, that's all I was doing. I don't watch much TV or anything else i was just always listening to podcasts or audiobooks or so forth so i went right back through his catalog and i sort of like it was great you could learn with him like you could see where preston where he got orange pilled you know so i think it was like the 2017 cycle he started getting some like he's going what is this bitcoin you know what is this so and you could see the as as sort of the months went on listening and, and it was good you know i could obviously listen to one every day so i could catch up really quick so you know, I started getting interested in myself with, you could see the, the light bulb starting to turn on for Preston. I was like, oh, okay, I've got to eat all this up. And then I think it was the Safedine, one of the Safedine podcasts early on 2017, where the penny just finally dropped, you know, I was like, oh, I gotta, I gotta learn what this is, you know? um And I guess like where, where that realization really come, come through was I'd done all this work with value investing. And it's probably, uh, um I sort of outlined in this in one of the articles I wrote was, I started value investing with that mindset. I, I made the decision that I wasn't going to put any money in for 12 months. I was going to learn for a year and then finally deploy it. So I, I, you know, I was super pumped and got all this knowledge together on how you value stocks and how you you know analyze the balance sheet and the income statement and all this. And I was just so energized. And then I, I get to finally start to look at some stocks. And I was like, there's nothing to invest in. Everything's so freaking overvalued. Where do I park my money? You know, and it was just one of these eye-opening things where I was like, holy crap, like, what do I do? Like, it was, it was, it was, there was just nothing to buy. And um, so, I, I fought, you know, I was sort of going along this journey and then, and then COVID hit, you know, and um, it was March 2020 and massive sell-off globally, you know, with all the stock markets, see the Australian stock market as well. And I went, like, oh, yeah, you here's my chance, you know. And there was nothing to buy. Again, there was like, I think out of my hit list of stocks that I had, I think there was three stocks that sort of popped up that were good valuations against normal valuation metrics. So I was like, okay, great. I bought those three stocks. I did really well out of them, but that was, I was expecting to have to, you know, sift through and really pick which stocks were going to be, which I'd have to leave behind. You know what I mean? And, um, that's where it really, where it hit me. I was like, the, the, the markets is just so frothy, so overcooked, where do I park my money? You know? And, um, it was along with, um, uh, through through that journey with Preston Pish's um, podcast that, you know, you get introduced to the likes of like Ral Powell and that network of um, Real Vision, which is just so impairing. Just the the education that those guys give, largely for free, um, is, is just second to none. And that's really where I started realizing how little I did know. I'd done all that work and I was like, I still don't know how all this meshes together. So I just started digging into what are bonds? How does the market work? How does that risk-free rate of return carry into to everything else? And and that's sort of where 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 it all started for me was holy shit, this money system's broken. Completely. <laughs> I don't know. That was a really long um <laughs> that was a really long intro, I guess. But yeah, <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's sort of the journey, yeah. you know.
0: That's amazing. And, and because I've read your articles, uh, there's a lot of things that you're saying here, you know, linked to your articles. And I remember that one that you wrote about uh, going down the rabbit hole of learning about value investing and then just being completely shocked, upset and just smacked in the face like this is fucked. And I remember i had Absolutely. preston i had preston on the show once and i i think i asked him along along the lines of as a value investor how do you feel about like your whole ethos it feels to me as though it's completely under attack everything is just completely flipped the game board's been flipped there's nothing there it's disgusting and that's ultimately what obviously led him down the bitcoin rabbit hole as well because you you come to those realizations he's waiting for valuations to come back and that's when we got into the discussion of pre-Michael Saylor of Bitcoin going on to uh, balance sheets of corporations yep. that was a Absolutely. very interesting turning point but what do you think then what made you start writing the articles
1: I was having all these conversations with my friends and family all the time. Like I just won't shut the fuck up about Bitcoin to be perfectly honest with you. I'm just, if, if you, if you lend me an ear, I'll chew your ear off for an hour. And um, it sort of gets to this point where um, uh, I was having the same conversations over and over and over. And, and, and then I sort of got to a real, this is going to sound really pompous of me, but I was sitting there going, um, I, I understand this better than most people I come across. Well, I think I do anyway. And I'm having the same conversations. And there's a hole here. There's a gap in people's knowledge that I think I can help fill. And it's mainly pointed to more towards my friends and family. So I started writing this in the hopes just to share it on Facebook with my friends and family, putting it out. And you know, that's the sort of approach I took with it as well as I, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a writer. I'm not a polished writer. I, I know that, but I'm trying to also just write it like a natural conversation. So that when my friends and family read it, they actually know it's from me, and they know it's from here, um, more than more than anything. And um, just trying to really, lay it in really simple simple terms, like I'm, you know, I'm middle class family. I grew up middle class. All my friends and family middle class. We're not wealthy people, you know what I mean? So, it's really, it's really about like, inflation is just it just makes me so wild. Like it's it's I, I like to think there's no. It's not a purposeful, there's no one, there's not this group of elites that are purposefully making it this way. I like to think that anyway, sometimes I dig down the conspiracy rabbit hole, but I'd like to bring it back to, I just think there's no incentive for them to change it. Um, they're from privilege. The people that make these decisions on policy and, and fiscal policy and monetary policy, they're from privilege. They don't understand what it's like to battle through. Um so, on, on, and by the same token, they're not incentivized to change anything. One, they're probably not aware of it. Like, I like to think they're not aware of it. And um, I mean, it's not hard, but um, it just, just, just saves my sanity <laughs> really to think that it's not purposeful. It's just uh, the way the system is engineered and there's no incentive for them to change it. So they're just going to keep on doing what they're doing. And, and coupled with that, we've just got ourselves dug into such a hole that they just can't stop now. Um, if, if they stop the money, tr- money printing, um, you'll just have massive insolvency, um, interest rates will spike, and that just flows through to everything else. So they've, they've wedged themselves into a corner where they're just going to have to keep going. And unfortunately the guys that wear the brunt of that is the lower and middle middle class. If you, if you swap your time for wages, you're the one getting fucked. Unfortunately, that's just the way the system works. And, um, people, while they're sort of aware of inflation, you can talk to most people and they go yeah, I know about inflation, but you know, these, these CPI prints that they put, I've got uh, one of those articles there. One of the first ones I wrote was uh, about inflation in particular. It's just like the, the metrics that they're using to make their decisions are not the same metrics that we live by. They don't include, it's all us centric. Okay. So the, the U S data is just more readily available and more widely discussed. So it's easier to use that and it flows onto everything else. So, if we look at the CPI prints, the core inflation prints from the U.S., they don't include food because it's too volatile, they say. They don't include energy, excuse me, and they don't include um, taxes uh, and, and any of this sort of stuff that the everyday stuff that's eroding people's liver, living um, uh, income to to, to to be able to survive. You know, it's, it's just crazy that they can make these decisions based on these figures that are just so removed from everyday citizens lives it's it's just it's just crazy and it's and it was really a real awakening to me to learn all this and just go man so many people just don't realize what's going on and i just had to i just had to do something about it you know what i mean I I, I, um the the articles i didn't know whether anyone was going to read them i didn't know where to start i've been umming and ahhing for months about i wanted to do it i was empowered to do it i just like where do i where do i start so i just started writing you just, just got to start you know these things sometimes you just got to sit down and you start typing away and um, sort of one led onto the other led onto the other and just starting to build this this um, this this system where people can start at the start trying to build it so that's understandable to the layperson you know what I mean so and and, and make it relatable uh, to to everybody and ultimately all pass lead to Bitcoin yes they do yes they 100% do how has they really the- do.
0: How has the um, the family and friends reacted? Have you had any positive comments, or has nobody read a fucking thing? Like, <laughs> what's the word?
1: It it's, it's it's a little bit like that. I mean, there's some partly. I, I believe I firmly believe it's part to do with um the the Facebook algorithms. You know, because no one no one has any people's phone numbers or anything anymore. Do you know what I mean? So I, you post it up on Facebook. I don't boost them yet. I've been considering, you know, just putting a little bit of currency into to boost it to, to try and get in, in front of people's faces. But um, ultimately uh, they've been well received for those who have read it, but I honestly don't think they've been presented uh, to the wide circle within my friends, but I also um, uh, share it on some, uh, you know, like crypto sites and some finance sites and all that sort of stuff. And um, where, where they have been read, they've been, they've been quite well received um, which is it's, it's encouraging. It, it, it's encouraging enough to keep going. Um, and I just hope, um, that you know, I'm able to 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 just inspire people to actually just share it amongst their friends and family as well, because that, that's the target audience is is the guys that swap their swap their time for wages. You know, we're the ones getting screwed over, and um, just want to make people aware of it, even if it's not, um, you know, even if they don't implement everything we talk about in in the in the articles, it's just a, just open the take the blinkers off and just realize where it's where it's getting you because if, i mean if they come out tomorrow and said we're going to raise taxes to 80 percent there'd be rights in the street surely but would there tax. would there though like you know i, I, I know which is <laughs> <laughs> people point. would people be there seems legit and just like well, I, this this is this is actually um, this is actually a funny thing because you know us Aussies are so laid back as well. It, it drives me nuts sometimes. Like I mean, it was only a couple of years ago they they raised their retirement age from sixty five to sixty seven. Us Aussies just go, oh that sucks. And that was it. You know, France they go riot, You know, <laughs> they get motivated. They get angry. But um, us Aussies go, oh that sucks. Oh carry on. You know. Yeah, it's it's
0: weird mate what's going on right now but uh so let's go back to going to university at the age of 30 how was that like was that you know were you were you on campus that I wanted to ask you about that we we got way deep down the uh, the rabbit holes of your articles and stuff but (laughs) that that seems like a big decision to make at the age of 30 and uh, there might be a lot of people out there thinking this is the kind of thing, the path that they might want to take now. I mean, it's different these days. You have, uh, you know, sailor.org, for example, you can just click on there and, and do whatever you like for free at any time. You're not bound or you're not paying anybody or any particular one organization, but uh, yeah, explain that to us. What was the, what was the process like?
1: Look, look, looking back, I'll always advocate education, whether that's formal or informal. I mean, we're so lucky these days you can just get, such a wealth of information for free on, on the internet, like all this finance stuff, largely I've educated myself largely for free, you know, the cost of a couple of books and maybe the odd subscription here and there to a newsletter or something like that. But um, I'll always advocate, you know, there's the difference between education and certification. So certification costs, right. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's a means to an end. So I was, I was very motivated. I knew at the end of that journey led to more income. That was the main driver for me, and I could prove that. Okay, so the 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 job I've got now is basically double the salary that I left to 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 do it. And so there was a clear path there, and a clear outcome, and a clear um, reward. Uh, you know, like investing return on investment of that time. And then I got to the point where. Um, my income would actually go back if I were to backwards if I were to finish the engineering degree. So I'd end up in the office like I get I get access to some overtime and just just other perks like that in the job that I have. And I enjoy that job very much. So you know it was a it was a conscious decision for me to go, do I keep going here? Uh, invest another three years, which is you know, universities are just money printing machines as, as as well. So the way I sort of did my degrees you sort of chip away at it and you get a piece of paper at the end, but they make you pay for it. They make you do more courses. Do you know what I mean? So in the long run had I a normal 32 course degree and a bachelor of engineering honors, that's 32 courses and I've done 27, but they say I need another 11 to keep to to get that full bachelor. So that's, that's the way that the the system worked, whether that was just university, that specific university, but um, uh, look, these days even with universities i was really lucky it was all online i didn't have to go to campus so as a 30 year old it was yeah i didn't have to go and fit in with the with the 18 year olds who were just you know (laughs) out drinking damn i thought you were gonna have some classic
0: stories for us that that, that's what i was fishing for i was fishing for you to be the the old guy (laughs) (laughs) damn it
1: (laughs) (laughs) no that's not that wasn't it so it was all largely self-paced you know just through a through a study book and and as the years progressed, the university got a bit better and better at the delivery methods. So you'd got recorded lectures and so forth after a couple of years, which was really good. Um, but it was all like self-paced. And so you have to have, you know, a fair bit of discipline. And like I, engineering's obviously not easy. Um, and I was always lucky. I was always fairly good at school. But, um, you know, I was a bit of a rat bag in the later years as well. So I didn't really apply myself in the later years of uni. So it was a rude awakening to go back. And a, but again, like just testament to the amount of free resources you had there. I don't know if you've heard of Khan Academy before. K-K-J-N, oh, mate. Khan. Oh,
0: mate. Oh, mate. Oh, mate. That changed our lives when we left and took the kids around the, around the world. Sal, Sal Khan's TED Talk is, is one of my favorite TED Talks uh, alongside Sir Ken Robinson's. They are the, and Sal Khan is still, anybody, please put me in touch with Sal. I'd love to have him on the show, interview him. Absolutely. Bring him in,
1: like he, he's an amazing man. He is. He got me through engineering. Really? <laughs> Hats off. If, if I, I don't believe I would have got through it, had it not been for Sal Khan and Khan Academy. Um, it was just so impairing to know you had another Take another really mm-hmm. good educator as well. Do you know what I mean? So just, just so, just so good at outlaying these complex mathematical formulas and so forth. And 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 oh man, it was just hats off to him. I donate every year. Every year that email comes through, I get yep, absolutely, mate. Have my have my currency, have my fiat, have my dirty fiat. Yeah. But, um, I don't <laughs> we got to get, get Sal on yet. Bitcoin? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we got to get him in. I wonder if there's a Bitcoin course heap. on Khan Academy yet. Uh, I
0: don't know. Uh, Is there anything don't on there?
1: I don't think so. I was actually, um, I'm was actually on. on there not not long ago. I think there's a little bit on um, cryptocurrencies. I think, but not Bitcoin specific. I'm not, I'm not too sure. I have to I have to look at that actually.
0: Yeah, um, I'm I'm going to do a quick search now. I'd love to know. I've I'm not uh, I'm not seen it on there, but yeah. Anybody that uh, is wondering who Sal Khan is, go go check out his TED talk. His original one. He's done two, um, but he, and he comes from an investing background, right? He was a hedge. He was in the hedge funds. Uh, his I his believe talk so. is yeah, brilliant. Not, not too yeah. familiar with his- oh, right. Yeah, okay. He he's got some videos on helping
1: there. his cousins out. Does he? Yeah. Cool. Yeah.
0: Ah, oh, right. Okay. And the subtitle: Bitcoin. What is it? And then the subtitle: Could the tax evaders and money launderers use Bitcoin transactions? <laughs>
1: oh, come on, Sal. You're better than this. <laughs>
0: oh no, he's got he's got a proof of work video overview, transaction blockchains, right? Cryptographic hash functions. Damn, I've got to work through this. I didn't know this was on here. Awesome. Oh, this is
1: awesome. This is great. That is amazing. All right. Right. We got it's sidelined. Anyone else listening in there? I guess if you've got kids that struggle with maths, that is the go to site to. Yeah, to absolutely. Get
0: it. Um, yeah. Quick anecdotal story there. Um, I struggled with maths when when I was a kid, just the usual story of, of not being really ready or interested to learn about it didn't have the passion for it had the classic math teacher with the long scraggly gray hair tall skinny smoked yellow fingers <laughs> stink you know he stunk the whole time the huge massive you know coke bottom glasses like you like know both. just as, yeah yeah just as thick as you as you can get and this was back in the days of chalkboard and rubbers and whatever he was just such a dick and <laughs> Never had the classroom, nobody ever listened. So I was never never incentivized or, or found a love for math. So when I was teaching my kids and we were doing the, the homeschooling stuff, Khan Academy for me was, wow, math is amazing. This, this really started clicking with me. Just learning basic stuff, well, it's not basic to, to many, I suppose, like long division. And then trying to, what what was evident to me is myself and my eight-year-old would sit down and we'd learn long division with Sal, Uncle Sal, as we used to call him, and we would learn it in completely different ways. So she, where she was getting stuck, I could fill the blanks, and where she where I was getting stuck, because we'd do the exercises together. So then all of a sudden, the the parent child divide is on an equal level. Wow. She can see I'm learning at the same time, and that incentivized her. And there was, we were just on a complete flat playing field and it was really cool. And something I definitely recommend everybody does because usually kids come home with the math book, dad, mom, I need some help with this math book. And then the mom or the father has this psychological trauma baked in their own mind from their own math lessons. And when they look at the, uh, the, yeah. the textbook, they break down It's like, well, I can't help you with that. Oh no! Actually, no. Yeah, you do it this way, and that's a completely different way. to It's it's a disaster. So using
1: something it's like Khan Academy is brilliant. Absolutely, because um, you know, I've and I've only recently done engineering maths. Um, did always did quite well, and um, I've got a seven. So my eldest is seven. So he comes home. He's so that's year two here in Australia, and um, he he comes home and just doing subtraction. And I heard all these stories. Get ready, they change math. And I'm like, How yeah, can they change math? And they changed math, even mm-hmm. subtraction. So the way they were laying it out was just different. The way and the way we um we just wasn't getting it. And again, Khan Academy, sit down. I, I haven't done that personally with him yet, but it's just so empowering for for that that story that you just shared was you sit down and you can learn the way that they're doing it now together. And um yep. and it's free. It's crazy, it's free, you know. Yeah, it's This is the way the world's
0: leaning. mate. Like We we all know this as Bitcoiners, right? Everything is trending to free and an abundance of information and technology. But if you're holding Bitcoin, an abundance of wealth as well, because it's something you're going to hold on to that scarce asset. You're not going to be incentivized to run out the door and go spend it on the, the next fad or big thing or fancy clothes or whatever.
1: That's exactly right. And you, you've hit the nail on the head there. And I was only just reflecting on this the other week was like, just trying to think back probably just in preparation to this, you know, I was just sitting, thinking back, like when I was working week to week, there was just no incentive to save. So we'd spend every single cent because you just couldn't, you couldn't get that momentum going. You know, you know if you save a hundred bucks a week, it doesn't feel like anything when you're earning what 1% interest, if you're lucky, but, um, and then you you, you factor in that um, going backwards as far as your purchasing power is concerned once you factor in inflation, and it's no wonder that that whole system is just incentivized to just keep working against you. And why not just go and buy an extra carton and drink yourself to an oblivion every week? Do you know what I mean? And it was it was finally when Bitcoin I started um, early on in the piece. So I, I bought uh, so when I when I sort of made the decision, Yep, I'm gonna I'm gonna buy, I'm gonna buy. It moved like two grand in that day just setting up my account you know what i mean i was like oh my god but after i put that initial in i was sitting there again and i just like the more conviction you have the more it's like oh man i've I've got to i've got to get as much of that pie as i can and it just totally shifted my mentality on spending 100 percent. just flipped everything around it's like what don't i have to buy this week so i can buy a bit more bitcoin and what the hell the is my wife on... buying? What the yeah? What the, <laughs> <laughs> this is if you started pissing your wife and kids off. I guarantee it, because changed, yeah, yeah, exactly. I've been through changed the same all the thing. passwords to Amazon and eBay. <laughs> 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 well, she she'll, she'll be listening to this. She she's on, on me. Yeah, no, but you know, I just you just have to assess everything. I'm just like, and uh, and once I started setting up my dollar cost averaging that was, that was it then it was just like, now I need to make sure like hook away a crook, that money is going into, you know, I use um an exchange coin spot, which is just easy. You know, it's probably like the swans of the U S and um I'm unfamiliar with the UK's based version, but um recurring buys autopilot, just got to top it up, uh, top it up in your account and then just let it snowball every single day. And, you know, I, I I'm a bit of a spreadsheet nerd. So I like to sit there and, play around with oh if i did this every day and if the bitcoin price was this and like projecting it out i was only just mucking around earlier in the week about from today's price out if it's um you know only went up 20 percent year on year kind of thing i was just playing with different projections and it's just it is a better return even at 20 percent year on year i mean let's face it we all know it's going up a lot more than that like last year i think one of those articles i put out if you had a dollar cost averaged in from june last year to june this year factoring in that massive just drawdown that we had to um so the first of june this year accounts for that uh you're still up 109 percent i think it was if you just dollar cost average in 10 10 bucks a day you know it's crazy and even if like if it doesn't even achieve 100 i mean i have no doubt it will do that and more uh Le- Leading in as just more and more money pours into it. Um, you know, and that's that's so evident if you just spend a little bit of time on that um, real vision, uh, you know, th- these money managers, they're all talking about it. They're all positioning themselves. You've got sovereign wealth funds. You've got um, pension funds. You've got all these funds looking for yields, looking for somewhere to park the money because there's just nothing. Everything's overcooked. You're not going to get a return 12% year on year through bloody stocks anymore. You can't get it through bonds. Where else can we get it? cryptocurrency where's the safest bitcoin and and they're all turning here and it's just a matter of time and this latest sell off i've got another article there that just looks into the selling patterns with the on-chain metrics it's just so powerful the access to the information that we've got mm-hmm. you can see the selling behavior with these um there's like a trading i don't know if it's sure if you're familiar with trading terms but there's a Wyckoff distribute or distribution um uh, schematic that you can follow and it's just like to a t just sell off, sell off, sell off, where these big boys buy these big bags of Bitcoin and just sell it into the market on mass, put some FUD, you know, they control the media and they probably got Elon Musk in their pocket as well with these tweets. And then they're just selling off into these into these rallies and just wiping out all the leverage longs and all, all that sort of stuff on the way down just so they can depress it down to this price so they can accumulate. And and the on-chain metrics support that. It's just, it's just crazy that... Um, um, it's, it's, I'm actually surprised it's held so long, to be honest, but it's, it's only a matter of time. We're in that consolidation phase and this game's going to pop again. And this and is your dollar cost averaging in, there you you're, go. You're, you're ironing out all that volatility. Yep. That's
0: the key point for the listeners. The dollar Absolutely. cost average. This is the power of that because they can play their games. They can do whatever they like. They will end up getting wrecked if they carry on playing games. And as long as the plebs are just dollar-cost averaging, you can sit there with a front-row seat, watch them sparring with each other in the ring like a pair of freaking idiots, and you're just happy with a beer on the sideline. Oh, look, click. Exactly. Another 20 bucks just dropped in. Thanks very much. Another 20 (laughs) bucks. That's exactly right. Another 20 bucks. And you
1: take all the stress out of it. You don't don't have to worry about, oh, have I picked the top or have I picked the bottom? Or, you know, what's it doing this week? Just just autopilot, man. Just keep... Just keep stacking it. And you know you come back in a year's time and you see what your balance is, what it was last year, and you just, wow, look at this. This it's, is, it's totally- is that
0: point as well, right Right here, actually. Let, let's talk about that point because many noobs or um, no coiners, pre-coiners, whatever you want to call them, your friends and family that you, maybe you told your friends and family, look, if you did 10 bucks a day over the last year, first of June, to first of June, 109%. The first thing they're going to be thinking yep. is, just tell me what that is in Aussie dollars. Whereas yep. you'll be at the point now, it's like, no, 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 no. Tell me how many sats that is because I just want more sats. Exactly. <laughs> and people, I was having a conversation with people last night and they were asking, you know, in normal conversation now, it's coming up just with complete noobs that are like trying to wrap their head around it. And that these are very slow, deliberate conversations that you have to have with people. And they're just like, yeah, but, oh my God, that would be X amount of dollars or euros and i you know you, you get to that point as a bitcoin you're like yeah i really don't care i don't want them back you know yeah to use michael saylor's uh, term, you know he he was sitting on like a melting ice cube if you have sold your melting ice cubes you're not going to go back in the market and buy them i don't I, you, you don't want melting ice cubes back in your portfolio exactly
1: exactly Fear. right
0: so it's yeah. all about stacking that, those that's
1: and that's one of the key messages I tell them is, you know, you don't go aping in and put hundred percent in, you still need to pay your best, okay? <laughs> yes. But anything above your emergency funds that you need to hold to get yourself out of a bind, you know, which, which is different for different people. For me personally, it's about, you know, two to three months worth of wage. Okay. I keep that aside emergency funds. Um, and I'm really lucky to be in a position to do that. And I understand not everyone is, but um, you know, anything else is just stacking. You know what I mean? Um, and, and, and the really empowering thing about, about Bitcoin, which, you know, still just um, blows me away. How many people still don't get it? Like they think they've got to buy a whole Bitcoin it's just like banging your head on the, on the desk. You're like, it is so empowering. You can buy fractions of a cent of Bitcoin if your exchange allows it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like I've, I've done it. I've bought one cent on CoinSpot just to prove that I could. Um, and, you know, it, it, just do whatever you can afford. Do it. If it's a dollar a day, everyone can afford a dollar a day. I don't care who you are. You can forego that extra bloody latte in the week. Do you know what I mean? And, and you can, and you can do that. And that is empowering. Once you see that's all you need to just start, need to start stacking. And when you see what that turns into over time, you go, why am I bothering parking my money in a bank, which they go and they play around with all these derivatives markets And um, my latest article talks about these freaking bank bail-in laws. They can seize your. Yes, right. Let's do that. Go deep on a bail. Go,
0: go. No, no, no. Bail-ins. People need to understand bail-ins, because we all understand a bailout, right? A bailout is when the government says to the bank, "We got you," or even worse, to like um, my real bugbear at the moment, to the National Flag airline. Like, yeah, don't worry, BA. Don't worry, you know, uh, Qantas. We got you. 50 mil Yep. you know we don't you know we don't want you grounded this is disgusting that you know these that's that's
1: exactly right you you hit the nail on the head it's um it's it's socialism for the rich yeah capitalism for the for the poor you know what i mean they get they get bailed out they can pretty much there's no there's no incentive for you know responsible fiscal management with a lot of these big big companies that are deemed um too big to fail okay and and you can kind of understand it from the from the one point if they did let it pop and the whole thing unravels. What sort of shit show that would leave everybody? Okay, so you can kind of, kind of understand. But what you've got to do is not get angry at it. You just got to educate yourself on how you can benefit from the the shenanigans that are at play. And one of those things that that you're really exposed to is having your money in a bank. It as crazy as that sounds. We were told. I can remember, like in Australia, there's this dolomite system where you're a, you're a little six year old pleb and they they give you this little bank bank note and they teach you and you know, I put your money in the bank desert, you know, off you go, little fella. And, um, and, and, and you sort of get to, to the stage now where that money is more at risk than under your mattress, in my opinion, because you're not getting any interest for putting it in the bank. So you get no reward for staking your money. And there's a, there's a few things at play here. So one of the big things is the fractional reserve banking system, which, you know, you can't even find out what that fractional reserve is and how that basically works just for, for anyone who's not familiar with it is you put your currency, physical currency in a bank. They go and they create credit out of that system. They go and lend that out. So if you put a hundred dollars in, say they're using a 10% fractional reserve system, which is traditionally um, where they used to try and target. So you put your hundred dollars in, They will go and lend out $90 of that. And then all they have to do is keep $10 in. So that then they go lend out 90 out to to say yourself, okay? And then you go and you say, oh, I'm going to go spend that 90 bucks to just borrow that. And then you go and spend it and you go and put it in the, uh, or the person you give it to is going to put it in the bank themselves. And then they go and lend out, they keep 10% of that and they lend it out again. So that $100 can turn into nearly $1,000 as far as that just redistributing, just keeping that 10% each time that it gets deposited into the bank. So credit spends exactly like normal currency so the banks are creating money out of thin air, as well as the as the Federal Reserve, which we can talk about in a sec. But um, so the, the banks are creating this money as well. So if we all tr- caught onto this and said, "No, nah, no, nah, stuff this," we're all going to go down to the bank tomorrow. We're going to take out our currency. The whole system would collapse. And, they've, and they've, there's history of that in uh, Greece and in Cyprus and so forth over the years, where people have said, "No, nah, I'm going to get my money." And the banks are just the branches shut and the ATMs shut off, and they just go no, no, sorry, the system's going to collapse if we if we don't do it. So we look at the GFC, just getting back to this bail-in law. So the GFC obviously was was just a whole shit show of just fiscal irresponsibility on behalf of many, many financial institutions. One guy went to jail, by the way. Now, if you haven't seen the big short or you haven't read the book, go and watch it. It's mind-blowing. Um, and just for those that so, might not know the acronym, Global Financial Crisis. Correct. Yeah, Global yeah. Financial Crisis, because it really did. It went everywhere. Uh, one little thread, um, and it just unraveled the whole thing. And, and and again, just another example of who got fucked over through that whole system Collapse was mum and dad retirees. You know their savings accounts and their um and their retirement accounts just got completely wiped out. Um, their stocks got wiped out and, and, you know, and the big banks just got bailed out. the The taxpayers footed the bill. Um, the governments come out and said, "Oh no, you're too big to fail. Well, we've got you." You know, and just just basically printed money and started their QE. Um, process where they just print money out of thin air and buy these assets off the financial markets and and the closer you are to that injection point of that currency the richer you becomes called the cantillon effect and you know that leads to inflation it, it it is no doubt about it whether we call it food price inflation or we call it asset price inflation and, let, and let's face it like us guys battling it out we get to work every day we want a slice of that pie too you know, we're trying to save, we're trying to accumulate these assets, but those assets just keep getting further and further out of reach. And and and, and we just got no savings vehicle, um, you know, in the traditional banking system in order to catch up to that. We're going backwards while those asset prices are going forwards. So you're always chasing your tail. You're just on that hamster wheel, just keep churning it out. And then, so to make things worse, the G20, um back in i forget the year off the top of my head but it's uh it hit us in 2018 i think was the so in australia 2018 there was a, a bill um put forth for bank bailing and through that bill uh the concern was raised that this bill so basically the in in, in layman's terms the bill introduces a system whereby banks can bail in um financial instruments uh in the event that they're failing so say they go and play in these derivatives markets and are about to fail rather than get the 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 bail out, um bail out by the government they bail in your funds. so if you've got a savings deposit with that financial institution they can bail that in and say thank you very much and they issue you a share in this failing bank and that is in play now and what the argument was at the time was um they were seeking clarification. So, a couple of US, uh, sorry, Australian senators um, were seeking clarification on the legal framework about this um, financial instruments. Just to say, does that explicitly include or explicitly exclude savings deposits? So, it's supposed to just supposed to just um, cover, um, uh, so fixed interest, um, fixed fixed term interest accounts and, um, and bonds and so forth like that. So, um, but the the problem is it didn't explicitly exclude deposits. Savings deposits. So they were trying to seek the legal framework around that. And while most of the um, members were outside of the chamber, they pushed that bill through. And so one of the other. um, I remember uh, in your article, it said there were seven representatives present out
0: of a possible 72. So there should have been 72 in there, but there were seven Mm -hmm. in there. Then they voted on it and it went through. Pushed it through. And now the bail in law is there. For them to press that button when they need it in Australia. So if NAB or CBA or any of these big Aussie yep. banks start looking shaky, they can press the yep. bail-in button and your savings deposits yep. are wiped away. You end up with a share of that
1: bank that's gonna be, you know, broken apart. And, right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. And um and so one of the one of the really, really funny things, which is just, just such a highlight for me really was this only last year so in november 2020 one of the um queensland senators uh, malcolm roberts he tabled an amendment to that bill and he suggested well if you're telling us that it's not meant to explicitly include savings deposits let's just make that so let's put an amendment through to this bill and include the wording to say we'll explicitly include uh, exclude the savings deposits rather and um the response uh, when that was tabled through, I don't know what the voting was was for or against, but it, it didn't get passed through. And there, um, so basically the narrative behind it was, um, it's there's no need for it. It doesn't ex- explicitly, it won't include savings deposits, but the problem is it doesn't explicitly exclude them. So you are the, the legal, um, the legal feedback that they've they've gotten, um, by by investigating it is it, it is open to ex- explicitly include savings deposit, well, not explicitly, but it, it, it could include everyday savings deposits. So that's that's the reality. They go and they play around in these financial derivatives and they go and they're, you know, they're involved in money laundering and it's just absolutely criminal what they get up to. And we're the ones that wear all the risk, like we're the ones putting our currency in. So you think we get some sort of reward for that, right? But I think I last checked my, um, just my savings deposit account was 0.15% interest. Mhm beautiful which where's the real rate of uh inflation exactly right so the real rate of inflation well if you can believe the numbers um in australia was 1.1% to march 2020 what, what? that's what they're 1. telling you 1. oh my god that's what they're telling us um, and uh, one of the g- really good uh, sites for the US, anyway, is um, Shadow Stats. So I don't know if you've seen that that site, but um, Shadow Stats is um, another thing I highlight in one of one of my articles is just a, a comparison about where the real inflation rate is. So in the Shadow Stats site, this gentleman uh, keeps track of what the basket of goods looks like in terms of inflation had it not changed since 1980 to 1990 so each year they sort of go through and and there's a good reason why some of that changes you know we get mobile phones and laptops and internet and all that sort of thing but if we were to compare the exact um uh basket of goods in 1980 to today it's we're sitting at about eight percent inflation and um one of the calculations i do in that article shows you what eight percent inflation does to a million dollars so you know, when I was sort of, I can remember as a kid going, your parents sort of saying, "Oh, a million bucks—that's all you need, mate." You know, yeah. once you get a million, once you're a millionaire, you can retire. So, you know, when you put that in perspective, if your goal was to save one million dollars in thirty years, but you're fighting an inflation rate of eight percent, your one million dollars in today's purchasing power is only ninety nine thousand. So, <laughs> in thirty years' time, that's only going to buy you a Toyota Land Cruiser in Australia. Mm-hmm. Not enough Not, to retire, not the five not bedroom not house. On. Exactly. Exactly right. So it's just, you know, and 8% only seems like a small number. Uh, if you look at the 9090 basket of goods, it was uh, 10%. So it just gets um, demonstrably worse as, as you sort of look at it. And, uh, you know, they just hide behind the fact that, you know, it's, it's, uh, so I think the US have actually started um, their core inflation rate for the recent print was five, over 5%. So mm-hmm. they're starting to, at least see it in, even in the core inflation. So what's the real inflation rate doing if the if the this core inflation which they hide behind is is sitting at 5 so we probably you know expect upwards to 10 for sure.
0: I mean we'll just look at what's going on the price of lumber over there. It's just absolutely ridiculous. Where people are just it's you know raising. <clears throat> and and in in Australia, how can anybody believe that it's 1.1%? Just have a look
1: at the housing market. Exactly. Exactly right. And that's um that's a it's a really good point actually because they and don't quote me for the Australian figures but I know on the US, uh, the US ones for sure they don't include asset pricing um, uh, so housing price inflation so they they use some sort of metric uh, that which is meant to represent housing but it's um it's loosely based on a, on a subsidised sort of rent um, from memory so it, it doesn't include you know these asset asset prices, like I'm really like I live in, in in Cairns in North Queensland, and now real estate still is 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 a lot higher than what it was last year. but um you know some of these places in sydney and and Melbourne, the real estate market is just so so grossly overvalued, like there's multiples of yearly wage. um so you know historically you could expect to pay two to three um times your yearly wage in order to buy a house. Um, down there it's upwards of ten. It's crazy, absolute crazy numbers. And like, how are? I don't understand how you could work a retail job or a hospitality job in those in those areas. I just I just don't. And you need those you need those workers. If you want if you want to uh, have a city, you need people who pour your coffee. You need people who wait your tables and and that sort of thing. I just honestly, hats off to anybody listening who lives in those cities. You need a round of applause because uh, you are you are just copping the roar end of the deal
0: yeah it's crazy mate it really is and and unfortunately a lot of people that have the homes there they you know maybe maybe you're 40 45 years of age you've had your career in you know sydney or a suburb of you've seen that price of your house just creep up and creep up and creep up and you feel as though you're wealthy you think you're wealthy mm-hmm. but if you if you don't want to leave that area. You still have nothing. That's exactly right. Right? Yeah, you could sell up and go and live in a different part of the country and have a very nice life, possibly retire on it. But very few people do want to actually do that. They just want to stay close to family. So it's just this. It's a real facade, and it's funny that
1: you you talking about. Go on, go ahead. Sorry, you go. Yeah, I was was just um I was just going to highlight that um the our you know our. We've, we've hollowed out our manufacturing in Australia too. Um, so I forget what I was going, actually going. I lost my train of thought, but uh, it, it's just. That's all they, gone, They right? uh, incentivized. Yeah, that's, that's where I was going with it was construction. So that's, that's where, pretty much we hollowed out our manufacturing. So we rely so much on construction and we rely so much on, um, I mean, we export a lot, we got a lot of minerals and so forth, but um, as far as jobs locally go, it's construction. So you've got to keep that asset price, that real estate price inflated in order to keep that wealth going. And you see that from the policies that they, they, they put, put forth as well. So that was one of the main drivers through that whole COVID sort of depression was, um, was how do we prop up the housing market? Cause without the housing market, we've got nothing.
0: Where's the, I fear that there's going to be overbuilding going on. And is the money coming in that the way I've understood it and be in the past, is there a wealthy, uh, Chinese, Indonesian, uh, Malaysian, um, I'm picking those three countries out of my ass, maybe Singaporean as well that are coming across mm-hmm. buying up, especially apartments in the cities, uh, for yeah, kids to come that, across that's and the study. Feedback. On, I'm, to... I'm
1: quite removed. Sorry. I'm yeah, I'm, I'm quite removed from the real estate market, but being so regional, but, um, that that's the feedback I sort of hear anecdotally is, um, is that the um, particularly Chinese are coming in and buying up a lot of real estate, um, particularly in Sydney. So, um, but yeah, that's a little bit out of my wheelhouse. I don't closely mm-hmm. follow the the real estate market here that much um, only sort of what, what you notice sort of locally and just looking at the, at the um, price appreciation in, in those major capitals. But I, I wouldn't honestly know the, the main drivers behind it.
0: Well, look at those incentives, right? It's either the Rimnen B or an apartment in Sydney. Like if you've got Absolutely. the cash in China, what, what are you going to do with it? <laughs> and I think it was exactly. uh, Melbourne was seeing the same Vancouver as well. Um, so the, once that rug gets pulled, that's going to be an interesting thing to
1: behold. Well, And that, and that raises a good, good point. Sort of putting, putting just two things together from that, um, you know, China, have so many exports. And this is this is a good example of what's hollowed out the um the US economy as well is um is is they import a lot of US dollars into China because they export their goods. But they used to buy treasuries from the US and it's the same with the with Australia as well. If there, if there's a trade deficit there, they end up with more dollars, um, which they can't spend locally, right? So if they've got US dollars coming into China, they can't spend them locally. So they just print more yuan. And they used to go and buy treasuries, but since I, I believe it was like 2013, they've the you could see the treasury purchase rate from China drop right off, and they are looking to deploy that money elsewhere. So, it makes sense that that same thing would be happening in Australia with purchasing real estate. Um, overseas, you look at um, all the infrastructure that they're doing in the Pacific Islands as well. So, they go and build uh Vanuatu and Fiji in these Pacific Islands. They say, Oh, where the, the good guys will give you some cash, and we'll build you a nice wharf here for tourists, right? Mm-hmm. And then they default on their debt. It's like, oh, that's cool. You don't have to pay us back. Just let us do whatever we want with the wharf, you know? And it's that's a scary, scary situation. And this Belt Road in Initiative as well. Exactly. Exactly right, yeah. So they're building out all this massive infrastructure. I think at some point they went, well, you know what? We're not getting any yield from the US. They keep printing it, debasing what we're holding as well. Let's put it to work elsewhere and build our infrastructure out. And they're becoming a global superpower in the process.
0: This is why we Bitcoin.
1: Exactly right. Exactly right. You know, it's interesting. What's, uh, what's, you know, what's been going on with the, um, the digital, digital yuan and the, and the, um, banning of the the miners in, you know, and I firmly believe that was one of the large catalysts for this massive sell-off, you know, was, um, obviously all these miners having to flood, um, Having having to raise capital in order to relocate, and then obviously you've got that institutional sell off which we spoke about earlier with the with the whales selling into the the FUD, um, and uh, that was that was a big catalyst to this recent sell off, I believe.
0: Bitcoin's still not dead, huh? It's even exactly. uh, it's even Can't survived it. that one. No, I was going to exactly ask you right. exactly. your your thoughts because you brought it up about, uh, all right, here you go, little Daz, off down to the bank with your bank book. I remember these as well, right? It's in mm. inc- it's incredibly insidious now, looking back, knowing what we know now, how the banks targeted young kids like ourselves, um, because this was really like the, the rise of the banks, right? The, you know, for the Gen Xers, um, you know, the boomers that always had them, and they were getting good interest rates. We've only ever mm-hmm. seen interest rates go down, but I remember being taught all about the banks and they buy your trust and they've got the memes, you know, the little piggy banks and whatever else. And here they have so much wealth generation, uh, sorry, um, built over decades of Gen X's have been going out and running the hamster wheel. They've got it parked there. They still believe, they still believe, even though, like you said, 0.15% um, interest, God knows where real inflation is. We're just get
1: fucked. Yep. Exactly right. And, um, and, and that's probably the biggest, the biggest battle. Like, um, you know, look at my, um, mother in law and father in law, and, um, just as an example of that, that generation, then, um, it's just so hard to convince them that there's any other solution, um, than the traditional banking system, just because we've just been spoonful, mm-hmm. ingrained in us, just like this is where you save your money. You don't, you know, you, 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 you save up, you put it in the bank. That's it. End of story, do you know what I mean? There's no other, not, not, not even an alternative for investment thesis like sort of from, from sort of where I grew up was that, that was what you did. You, you saved and you put it in the bank. And it, it's, gonna be a, it's gonna be a challenge to, to shift people's focus. And that was one of the main drivers for, for these articles is, is just to really spell out where are you at risk? How, how are you exposed? And it's because it's not common knowledge. Like I would hazard a guess that the vast majority of people have no idea about that bank bail law. Just, just, just no idea whatsoever. And um, no, nope. and you, and are to hammer that point media coverage of that. So hammer yeah.
0: that point home. Most people think they're they're insured, right? They 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 think it's, like I think in exactly. the UK it's eighty thousand or hundred thousand. I don't know. That moves all the time. They they they're always up and and lowering that. Um, and you think, yeah, I've, well, I've got the insurance. Anything under, uh, uh, you know, so I'll never keep more than that in a bank account. And I think they're mm. covered, but with a Berlin rule, no.
1: That happens first, yeah. So the Australia's two hundred fifty thousand, which sounds like you know, most more than most people would have in the bank. So they they think you're, to your point, exactly right. I'm, I'm covered by this this bank um, this this um, insurance guarantee. But um, the, the the purpose of this um, bank balance law was introduced to save the government having to do that. So they'll bail in first you, that, that insurance scheme still exists, but they'll bail in your deposit first. And if the, still, that doesn't work. If they've been that deplorable in their, in their fiscal um, management that they still fail, then whatever you've got left where you'll get, um, you, you know, that, that you will be covered by the insurance. So it's just, it's just, absolutely. We're just at risk, absolutely at risk. And um, you know, if they were upstanding companies with, good histories and and not being you know charged with um all these all these various fines and market manipulations and overcharging and fees and all this sort of they're not they're not they're not good companies they're not it's just not in they're not there for your best interest you know what i mean and they take your deposit they go and lend it out at some god-awful multiple um creating this massive credit bubble that could pop at any time and and you're gonna you're gonna be uh, stuck holding the bags. And this is, this is one of the, the things I highlight in my, my latest article is, is Bitcoin is a digital bearer asset. There's no other claim on it. If you hold it and you hold it in a hardware wallet, you own that. No one can take it away from you. It's completely permissionless. It's completely censorship resistant. And if you want to spend it, if I want to send you money, there's no not a goddamn person in the planet that can stop me doing that. And it's so empowering. And, you know, I, I, I highlight this in the article as well, is that, you know, we're so lucky in the Western world that we have largely had stable currencies. We haven't had to worry about, you know, unstable governments like um, recent years aside. Um, you know, we just don't know what it's like. And it's so impairing for that, that developing world where they haven't had stable currencies. And um, there's a, a statistic there that was over one quarter of adults still globally are unbanked. But most people have access to a mobile phone. There's more mobile phones in circulation than there are people. And if you've got access to an internet connection and a mobile phone, you can hold now digital bearer asset. And it, that is so empowering. And I also highlight if you're in a, one of these countries where um, you want to flee, I say World War Three breaks out. You know, we don't know what's around the corner. We don't know if, China's decided. Okay, now it's time we're going to take you out. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, and we're this little island, Australia. We think, well, we're so we're so protected, but we're a little island, little um, um, little little defence force, and we're packed full of resources. And you know, there's all these positionings in the Pacific Islands uh, with with potential ports that you know that China could 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 utilize to to spark an invasion. And if you have the chance to jump on a ship and go somewhere else and avoid that. You can remember 12 or 24 words in your head. You can completely cross borders with your entire wealth and no one will know you've got it. I mean, it's probably not the safest way to do it, but it, it's beside the point. It's possible. You know, you try stuff in a suitcase full of gold or you, know, you carry on luggage full of cash and, and you want to flee and you want to protect your family. You know, that's why I've got, I've got this caravan here that I'm sitting in right now. That's part of the backup plan, man, is you know, if shit hits the fan, we pack this and we drive as far as we sort of can inland, you know what I mean? Like it's a bit hyperbolic and a bit conspiracy theorist, but you just never know. You just never know. I mean, it's not the sole purpose of bought the caravan obviously, but it's nice to know <laughs> that you've got you've got the ability to protect your family and you can you can you can skip country and you can take your entire wealth with you.
0: Yeah that point very much gets missed because of the, uh, the kind of cushy lifestyle that we've all been accustomed to, even though, especially in Europe, you see refugees all around the place, you go to a city, there's, you know, there's, there's political refugees that are just uh, escaping, or, you know, escaping war torn countries, because it's going on around us all the time has been our whole lives. But yet we still there's still so hard for people to make that connection like yet yeah, that could be you no 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 no, never be me i mean just last week here in france like you know you watch macron speak you're like what the hell is coming out of your mouth right now you know yeah. the, you, you, you you're saying that you're gonna mandate that people have to take have to put something in their body like they, they don't have a choice over what goes in their body anymore like Scary. I was eyeing the map, like, "Where's the nearest border?" Because this this sounds ridiculous, and I know a lot of exactly other people right. are doing that as well. Uh, so it's it's just a, it's definitely a weird moment in time. I don't know how we've got here so
1: quickly. Yeah, and that that's the scary that's the scary thing. And you know, I'm not I'm not an anti vaxxer but this vaccine scares the absolute shit out of me, um, and and purely because they're censoring stuff. So, you know, you've got, take this ivermectin, for example. I don't know if you know much about this ivermectin, but <laughs> you, you say incredible. the word ivermectin, deplatformed. Right. You know what I mean? Like if it, if, if, it, if it didn't work, then just put the evidence out there to debunk the 60 plus reports that have come out now to, to suggest that, you know, this is a safe, naturally found microbial that has antiviral properties that can basically eradicate this entire uh, pandemic off the face of the planet if that's not true then just show us the evidence that debunks it don't just remove that evidence from circulation and um and, and 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 take it off all the platforms and remove people's ability to make their own informed decisions that's really where i get to it and 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 it's when that occurs that i prop prop up and i go huh what's going on here do you know what i mean you start digging a little bit further and you start looking at a bit more data and there's just you know my kids are fully vaccinated as far as the the recommended sort of schedules go but i'll be god if they're putting that vaccine in my kids um there's just too many unknowns and there's too much credible evidence kicking around by doctors with you know that have sat on the boards of gavi and so forth that come out and say these things aren't safe we just don't know enough yet you know Mate, exactly
0: my mindset. Exactly my mindset. And unfortunately, you get memed into the stratosphere as an anti-vaxxer. And it's just like ridiculous. Absolutely mm. ridiculous. Um, And did you see yesterday the the doctor who invented the mRNA vaccine tweeted, Mm. just to let everybody know, I am not suicidal.
1: Well, scary. Like what the fuck? So you wonder what messages he's getting in order for him to come out and say that? You know, that is that is that is is scary because I've 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 seen him on um, the Brett Brett Weinstein podcast. I'm talking about. uh, I think he was talking about the lipid um, delivery. So there was a study out of Japan with the rats, and they were tracking where these lipids end up, which is the delivery method of the spike protein and how they travel through the body. And then after some time, there's a really alarming uptick in concentration in the ovaries. Um, and some other evidence suggests that it concentrates in the testes as well. So you sit there and go, Hmm, that's convenient, isn't it? But anyway, they get deplatformed, you know, they, they come up with this, this evidence. Okay. It's a, it's a study that's been put out there. It's medical evidence. They're just talking about it. They're not saying, you know, don't put it in your arm uh at that point you know what i mean but um they're just saying this is a concern that these well, i don't know what it means we don't know we don't know that this is causing sterility but it's 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 funny that it's showing up there right we yeah. should understand this better but no d platform taken off air and you just get fed with celebrities singing songs and shit in australia it's ridiculous it's it's actually <laughs> laughable it's you know, beyond like, laughable. You get free donuts in the U.S., or they pay you, <laughs> <laughs> or you got free beer. Else, uh, I think they were saying in in, the, uh, in Australia there's going to be a lottery or something. So if you you get yeah you know, some sweepstakes or something, so if you get the jab, you get an entry into the some lottery and you could win some money or something like that. That was that was floated the other day. I don't know if that was, how believable that is, but anyway, it's just sort of things like I've seen in the U.S. Yeah, like to your point, you get from, what is it free um free baseball tickets free free baseball game on the weekend. And, you know, or, you know, crispy creams and For for
0: anybody that's ever worked in any kind of business, you know, know this is a loss leading kind of uh, strategy, right? This is marketing Mm. at its absolute pinnacle. Why? Why is it being marketed this hard? If it's something that's so exactly. damn good for you and is gonna save your life, shouldn't need marketing, right? The people were just like, Oh, right, okay, I get that. That that seems legit. I'm in. But no, we've got these loss leading kind of marketing viral campaigns. You did sales, you know, like right? Exactly. <laughs> what exactly the right. fuck?
1: I can't wait. Distribution for a- funnel, awareness, consideration, trial. You're just funneling them down into this dependency. So yeah, I think it was um are actually coming out uh, last week or week before saying, oh, we think it's th- three doses you need now. So it was, you know, it was the one. And then, oh, hang on, we think you need two. And you see Israel, something like 57% of um, people have had two doses caught this Delta variant, um, which they think, you know, is no, no worse than a common cold. Um, and they think, oh, I think we need three now. Do you know what I mean? It's just, um, I hope, I honestly hope, that it's only about the money <laughs> that's sort of where I get to with it. You know, it's, it's, it's obviously very lucrative, um, you know, and there's, and there's some really concerning sort of sort of quotes that I've heard float around from the likes of Fauci and so forth about how disappointed they were in the, the globe's take up of the normal influenza. Um, vaccines, you know what I mean? So it was, it was really, he's been quoted as saying how disappointed they are in in, in it. And you sort of sit there and go, Wow, is this just all engineered to just, just keep, keep spoon feeding you a vaccine? You know, I hope it's just about money. Yeah, (laughs) I do too. Yeah, I do too. And you know, and you know, it's, it's one of these, one of these things where how do I not fall down the Bitcoin rabbit hole? And it's really started looking at, uh, around the, the currency system where you start to unpeel the layers and you start to really look at who's, who's pulling all the strings, right? So I can use that bail-in law as a really good example for that. So if you follow that chain up, it's bail-in law up to G20 IMF are involved and then world economic forum, you know, that's so right in your article. So how did you get to that? How did you
0: link all of that together?
1: Well, basically, I'm sort of drawing a, a little conclusion. So from, the, from the, um, the articles that I've read, there's a really good um, um, political sort of party called the Citizens Party here. They put a lot of this this data out and, and it's all cited and referenced so you can sort of chase it back through. So they've sort of drawn the conclusions back through to the IMF and it doesn't take long to see that the board members of the IMF as, long, as well as all the geopolitical parties globally all converge on this Davos um, each year at the World Economic Forum and dictate basically global policy. You know, and they all go out to their various conglomerates like the IMF and the Bank of International Settlements and back to their parties and all that sort of thing. And 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 I sort of draw the conclusion that that's really where a lot of these um, you know global policy sort of uh, sort of start is this World Economic Forum, and they just filter filter out to everybody.
0: And how did that guy, like this Klaus Schwab guy, he's just he's Carl such Schwab. a, he's such a like caricature of a human being, like, it, it, but yet yeah. he sits atop this.
1: I don't know, like it, it's it's beyond words. It really is. Yeah. I cannot. It's, it's laughable. And uh, you know who does? Uh, George Gammon does a really good job at at um highlighting a lot of you know what the World Economic Forum just from their even from their. um published articles like some of them, it's just so brazen like it's just so in your face you just say they don't even hide half this shit like and um george Gammon does a really good job at, at at mapping it out to say this is what they're saying and this is how it's weeding its way into the financial system so he, he, he maintains you know a lot of that financial focus but it, it's not it's not hard to see that this is getting woven into the fabric of everything uh, in, in every every um, every government and every political party globally, it, I, I firmly believe it's all starting from there. And again, it all comes back to the money. Exactly. Yep. And the incentive structure between it, you know, and um, you know, like we highlighted before, a lot of the time there's 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 pure incentive to, to drive some of these things, but then on the other side of things, there's also no incentive to change it. Yeah, exactly. Nobody wants it to go down on their watch, right? This is
0: the problem with like the four year cycles of, uh, governments. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. No one wants to be, no one wants to be the bad guy, you know, and, um, and call it, make the bad shots. And you know what, like, I don't, I don't necessarily wish for that either. I don't wish for this whole thing to unravel because I don't know what that looks like. You know, I can, I can deal with, I can work with the system as it is. We can educate ourselves and it's really easy to get angry. Um, I tweeted this out the other day. It's really easy to look at this and just get angry and bitter about, about and, and draw conclusions that, um, that don't serve you. Okay. So like where, where i sort of going, Like anger doesn't serve me. What I can do is try and educate myself as best I can about how this situation is and try and navigate it the best I can for me and my family and perhaps even benefit from it. And, you know, basically, all roads lead to Bitcoin. Honestly, they, they, they do. I've looked at this in so many different ways and Bitcoin just allows so much empowerment for us to change the system. And it might be five years. It might be 10 years, but I firmly believe that um, as Bitcoin goes up in value, we'll be the ones calling the shots and largely, yeah, we got some toxic maxis out there, which God bless them, but largely we've all got pretty sound heads about us. (laughs) You know what I mean? Um, I, I think the, the future is Bitcoin and it will enable us to to you know start start building a better world, these citadels and, and 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 a much fairer, more balanced system with a redistribution of the wealth.
0: Yeah, exactly. That does not happen overnight, unfortunately. But the you, you can actually no, that's, that's you also... want it to be a slow transition, I suppose,
1: in a sense. Yeah, you you do because we want, you know, I, that's what I fear about most. I don't actually want the Bitcoin price to spike. I want I want many of us plebs as possible to go and stack as much as we can now while it's still affordable before these guys get their shit together and realize. Well, they've already realized it. But you know, I highlight this in one of one of the articles as well as their governance models forbid them from investing, um, in in Bitcoin specifically. But they're making those changes. It's it's coming. This, this wall of money is coming. So now I, I believe 2021 is the year we need to get our shit together and as much as we can because that wall of money is coming and then that will push the price out. I I, I still believe, you know, long-term, you can still dollar cost average. It's a pristine collateral um, that's going to go up in price forever. Um, but why not try and position yourself and get a jump on these big guys before they get here? Um yeah,
0: I was just about to say, yeah, I got um somebody close to me the other day with the satcoin meme. Uh like, you know, just uh, just went straight on that. Mate, you gotta you gotta start looking into sat it's incredible. Like one buck, what well, one pound gets you like uh <laughs> or like two and a half thousand, two and a half, two two thousand sats or something, whatever it is. And he's two like huh? Sats. What what platform? I can't find it. And like, I just head to CoinFloor. Yep. Head to coinfloor.co.uk forward slash bits and they've got a brand new app. Really? They will sort you out. All you gotta do is like set up like 10 quid a week and they'll just do the whole SAC coin conversion for you and you're away.
1: He's like, all right, I'll get onto it. <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. I've actually been running around work. Um I tweeted this out the other day as I'm taking great pleasure in um in <laughs> it's a little bit crass, but I'm popping pe- people's Bitcoin cherry. So I'm um I've loaded up a moon wallet on my phone, um, with a hundred bucks worth of, um, with a Bitcoin and I'm using the lightning and it's just really good demonstration. Like it was one of the big things Oh yeah, we've been copping shit for so many years about how it's not scalable. And then, you know, lightning just bang. Okay. There's your scalability. Um, you know, and it's just such a good education piece for people to say, okay, you buy your coffee on lightning you know, you buy, you know, you buy a big transit, you make a big transaction, you buy a car or whatever on, on the Bitcoin main chain, not that you ever sell on your Bitcoin for a, a car, but it's a, it's a good, it's a good analogy. Uh, so I, I downloaded this moon wallet and I loaded it up and just like telling people, not, not even tell them what's going on. or just like no consent at all. Just um, download this moon wallet. What is it? Just download it. Let me, let me just show you. And then okay. Click on the lightning QR code. Boom. I'm sending them, you know, 2000 sats each. And they're like, Yep. Just, it's so good to demonstrate it was instantaneous and free, you know, fraction of a cent to send money across the world. And it's infinitely, um, you know, it's just, it's just so impairing. And, you know, these guys that don't have Bitcoin, I've been trying to, you know, they're sick of me talking about it. So I'm like, oh, I'm just going to take it. Then it feels tangible to them, right? This is go. the got thing got I've noticed now. because
0: before <laughs> It's to them It's just like I had this conversation with a guy last night, it's it's just bits in the air and he's a software developer, it's just bits in the air, it doesn't that there's no one gunning it. And you know, you can't touch it. It's not physical. It's just, it's just nonsense. It's complete nonsense. And um, but I've seen people's faces, I I did it with Wallet Satoshi with a friend of mine, download that. Yeah, okay, bam, like tink. Now it's actually in their hand, it feels physical. When they see that, and like, you see a little light bulb go off? And even if it just means they're going to go to bed that night and think about it as they're falling off to sleep and then think about it as they wake up in the morning and then check it, they might put it down and not think about it another two weeks. It will come back to them. At one point, when they see that headline or they see uh, someone or hear someone talking about it on uh, the radio or the news or another friend brings it up or whatever, drop in these little reminders in every now and then this one day will be someone's rabbit hole story, right? And two years from now, that person you did that to, that will be their rabbit hole story. It's like, yeah, this fucking guy, Daz, he wouldn't yeah. fucking stop going on about it. Like, you That's know, cool, cool guy and everything, played a good guitar, but he was just getting really on my freaking nerves. <laughs> and then he, told, he showed me this moon wallet thing and I left it too long. And then two years later, here I am, bam. <laughs> Absolutely. You pop my Mate, Bitcoin you singing? Any, are you are you still That's singing like it. Club of Buzz? Are you still doing that
1: too? You know, any
0: you, you, know, you Have you written any Bitcoin songs?
1: Yeah, yeah, I did a gig yesterday. <laughs> so, no, no, I've uh, I've thought about it, but they just turn out too tacky. Yeah. But I did write a um, I did write a parody. You know that cranberry song, Zombie. I wrote a bit of a parody song about that, um, just relating it back to like zombie companies and how the Fed just prints money out. of But it's a bit tacky, so I don't think I will record that one. But yeah Mm -hmm. no i I use it that's my um that's how i stack stats man that's you know it's 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 free free income you know it's i just swap a little bit more of my time on the weekends like uh, i highly recommend anyone go and get a side hustle man everyone's got a talent everyone can do something everyone can contribute something whether you're you know you've got a trade through the day just go and pick up a few cash Cash jobs jobs are the the key right this is the thing because because so many people have been this is what
0: what i've noticed and it's really Absolutely. again it's, it's disgusting to watch you know all of a sudden you've got mother and father back out in the workplace because there's no way in the world you can live on a single wage so both have been pushed back out into the workplace so the kids are definitely almost spending for themselves you know they're fighting their own battles at schools or whatever else they've got homework on their own because mom and dad are either home late or just too exhausted to get into it with them you've got a breakdown of the family going on but then you've even got to the point where dad's picked up an uber job or something just to try and make ends meet and that's his in air quotes side hustle that's not really a side hustle because you're paying tax on all of that or another scenario is you're renting your spare bedroom out on airbnb just to try and cover the bills that's not a side hustle because you're paying tax on that this is like freaking really bad shit what you're saying is cash in pocket side hustle, especially while you still can, because as soon as central bank digital currencies come in,
1: that's going to go away. That is the scariest thing. I think most people are underestimating, even if they're not even aware of it, is the central bank digital currencies and what that means for, um, you know, I mean, that Christine Lagarde highlighted some things, which makes it just like um, the spin on it was, she was sort of, highlighting it as a, as a problem, but they're thinking about this fact that social credit scores can be built into these central bank digital currencies where, you know, I think the example she uses, like, if you like beer and pizza, you might have one interest rate where if you eat organic broccoli, you might have a different interest rate. And these are the sort of behavioral controls that this will enable. And Get fucked if they're not gonna if they're not thinking about it and they're not even gonna do it. So okay, central bank digital currency exactly. comes around. What's the interest rate mm-hmm. you reckon you're gonna get if you're unbanked? They have everything on you. It's scary. It's scary. And they're just gonna use the financial system to push you into whatever agenda they choose, whether it's 100%. right or wrong, it's not their choice to make.
0: The scariest thing is, mate, it's gonna happen. It's coming. Uh, I don't know what stops it at exactly. this point. Yep. I really don't and it's going to be an attack vector on bitcoin because the fud is going to come straight at the bitcoin if it weren't for bitcoin then we wouldn't have the central bank digital currencies it's all the bitcoiners fault for making this and you know you know supporting it and uh, being part of it this is the reason cash has gone away and now we're all completely controlled but people are sleepwalking into it they think it's convenient especially when they uh, like you pointed out in your article that just turns up in your phone one day download fed app it's already pre it's like BitClout, right you know if you if you yep. send out this link you got 30000 dollars waiting for you yep. it's going to be the same with <laughs> fedcoin or aussiecoin or eurocoin what if i download this link i've got 30000 exactly. coins sitting in there which is the equivalent of whatever exchange rate they choose it will be favorable to begin with it will get fucked over time very quickly then i can go out and buy what Yep, I can buy this with it. I can Mm -hmm. buy that with it. People are going to do it, man, because they're desperate. Yep.
1: People will love it, man. The people will love it. It's free money. And, you know, if if, if you're not aware of the intent behind it... um, you know, you get three grand in your account, you get told you can spend it at the local you know, electronic store. You're going to go and do it. You're going to go buy yourself a TV or, or whatever the case is. And you're going to go, that was free money. I did not have nothing for it. And people are going to love it. And they're going to open up their arms to it. And that's the slippery slope. That's how they get their mm-hmm. way in there because they, they, they don't actually like the banks themselves. <laughs> they want to completely bypass the banking system because they're not paying, playing the game as it is intended when they do this, quantitative easing so part of the 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 reason why they do quantitative easing by printing money and buying the bonds off the bank to increase their reserves is so that the bank goes and lends that out creates more credit creates economic stimulus one person you know credit spends like money okay so that's that's the one of the drivers behind them doing this this quantitative easing policy and um and and the banks aren't lending it out the banks know shit's not right out there people are at risk of defaulting on these massive, massive debts. Okay. Um, in some way they are being kind of fiscally responsible, which is a shock I know, but um, they're, they're not playing the game. So the central banks are just like, well, buggies. we'll just introduce our central bank digital currency, which completely bypass the system. You download, like you say, download the fed app, we'll load you up for some currency to start. And where you go. And you've got an account at the fed. Very scary. It's crazy. The people will rejoice and they'll embrace it. And that's how they get in. Then we, we truly do have
0: a, uh, a complete divide in society then.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, you know, you, you speak to, you know, I speak to my friends and family about some of these, these, these issues. And, and if they don't, if they follow mainstream media, which, you know, I don't even turn a TV on anymore. It's just ridiculous. But a lot of these people just buy into this stuff hand over fist. They just gobble up exactly what's getting shoveled to them each morning verbatim and and defend it passionately. That's that's the really scary, scary part of it. So God forbid you have any sort of framework in your mind that goes against the approved narrative regarding anything. Could be vaccines, could be, you know, gay marriage could be, could be anything. And, and don't get me wrong. I fully support gay marriage. I think, you know, a, a friend of mine said, why should they, um, um, you know, why, why, should, why, why, should we, why should we care? Um, but, you know, there was a really good example on, on Australian media. There's a national treasure. Okay. She's a sports star, Margaret court. She's on uh, one of the great tennis tennis greats. Okay. And she's, she's an elderly lady. I don't know what, how old she'd be, but she's deeply Christian, right. Which is a, a values that we used to hold dear and true. And Why are they, I, I, you know, it's not my belief that they're still in date. Okay. I I believe the Christian faith is a a little bit outdated to the modern age, but they were interviewing her on one of these mainstream um, um, forums about gay marriage. And I, I could give two shits if you want to, whoever wants to get married, doesn't matter, but she had very strong Christian rooted beliefs against gay marriage. And they just completely bastardized her. They had her on the thing and they just went, tore her to absolute shreds. And I was embarrassed for her just watching that program that she's entitled to that belief may not be, you know, a modern thought or whatever, but it's, it's rooted in a belief system that was supported for years. And she's entitled to that opinion. You just kind of bastardize people completely based on what they, what they believe. And, uh, and it's just getting worse and worse and worse. And they're creating this massive divide between people so that if you take a stand against anything, you know, they're making it, they're kind of celebrating the fact with this virtue signaling. So they're, they're supporting it so much that they're encouraging that behavior. Whereas like if you and I differ in opinion, it's okay to differ an opinion, but we're, we're getting to a point where they're just shoving it down your throat and getting aggressive about it, you know, whereas you, sometimes you can't even talk to your friends and family about things and have a different opinion because it, it's getting to a point of anger and and it's and it's really quite cool, sad what
0: what i see going on in the uk now is just uh, incredible like this whole rise of like the, the, everybody all of a sudden is a a racist it's it's unbelievable and it's being driven and it's being exactly. absolutely hounded down people and it's just it's all an agenda and it's all a narrative and i, I again putting on the tv forget it mate haven't done it for like seven or eight years And it makes me think of Orwell and 1984, where Winston woke up, he didn't have a choice. That screen came on. He didn't know exactly when or how long for, but it was coming on and it was at him and it was watching him and it was giving him his thoughts for the day. We are in a way more dystopic situation where people actually get up and the first thing they do is physically put it on, make a cup of tea, settle in and watch it, right? Propagandize me because I'm ready to go out into the world. I need my narratives. I need my education. What am I going to talk about? How am I going to look informed? I need to be a functioning part of society. This is the what people believe. You have to watch the news to have something to talk about, to feel as though you are you know, a foot of global affairs. Whereas it's the total opposite. Exactly. You, you know, I, When I stopped watching the news, I realized, holy shit, I'm more informed now than I've ever been. And I used to work in foreign exchange markets. So we had the news on all the time. We had CNN over there, Fox over there, this over there, because you had to know what's going on. We had Reuters, Bloomberg. There was every single headline and it was everything. It was from natural disasters to sports, to politics, to um, geopolitical events. Uh, obviously, the big numbers coming out of the US, the CPI, the, the non farms, which are all bullshit as well, by the way. And it's like, when once mm-hmm. I unplugged from that, I used to think I was at the forefront, I know exactly what's going on fingers on the pulse. Stop watching it. I'm like, holy shit, I'm way more informed than I've ever been in my life It is just mad. And people are living headline to headline. And headlines again, spat out every minute, people have got alerts on their phones, mate. They've got BBC or sky or sports mm-hmm. or um, sky news or whatever alerts come on and they're interrupting them every single minute of every day with a latest headline. Yep. And as soon as you see that headline, you don't know anything about it. You don't even read the article, but your mind goes straight to Armageddon in your head. We're all going to fucking die yep. and it's all someone else's fault over there.
1: Exactly. Right. And, uh, and if you're not turning to that, what are you turning to Facebook? Right. You know, and it's just more of the same drivel.
0: Mate, why is it still called social yeah. media, by the way? It's like unsocial media. Mm. It's anti-social media. It's <laughs> it's been completely coerced. It used to be ours at the beginning. Maybe when these things you know first came out, maybe it was a bit more peer-to-peer. Now it's just
1: owned, man. Like we are we're controlled. Absolutely. I, I know for a fact I get shadow banned. So, mm-hmm. you know, some of these, some of these things that I'll, I'll put out, I don't even know what I'm on there. Actually, it's a necessary evil for me to be perfectly honest. Cause I, I rely on that for my gigs. Yep. So I've got a, a business page there and that's where most people come and find me. So it's a, it's a necessary, it serves a function, but by God, I don't know if you're getting your news and your, your worldly thoughts exactly from, from Facebook. I don't know what to tell you, unfortunately. You you cannot be helped. <laughs> you know, and um it, it, it can be anything. Um Twitter's becoming the same, right? Yeah, it, it is, mate. That's that's really sad. And um I, I would have been interesting though. I watched the Bitcoin conference um from from home here and I would have been interested to see them pulling that thread a little bit with Jack, mm-hmm. um, Jack Dorsey about the reasoning behind behind some of that. Like, you know. Um, that censorship of a sitting president was, yeah, I just still can't believe it happened to be perfectly honest. Like regardless of what you think of the guy, he's got, he's got a right to a speech and he's the bloody sitting president of the United States, for Christ's sake, the land of free speech. And um, I, I still don't know how they didn't get away with it. Like how, how, sorry, how they got away with it. It's crazy. And it's supported. Like that's, that's the other scary part is, you know, you, you talk to some friends and family about this stuff and you go, this censorship stuff. And like, oh, so they should censor it. You know, it's like, are you kidding? Are you hearing yourself right now? Like, it wasn't too long ago where we like were laughing at China, going, (laughs) "They're not even allowed Facebook, those guys." You know, like, but hello, this is exactly what's happening here, and and people like go out of their way and go, "Yeah, absolutely, you censor my stuff that I'm saying," you know, because they are on the right side of the narrative. They they're buying into what they're being told, and it's only the crazy conspiracy theorists, like. So, and that's the to, to your point earlier. They're just making the the labels, you know, I don't, I have concerns about a current vaccine yet. I'm fully vaccinated, but I'm an anti-vaxxer. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, I'm not. Exactly. I support polio vaccine. Well, my kids don't have polio. Do You know what I mean? Like um, the further you, you dig down that rabbit hole, you, you find some pretty alarming stuff that happened in Africa, but regardless, mm-hmm. okay. The, it, it, some of these serve a purpose and um, you know, I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I just don't want that latest one in my arm because we just don't know enough exactly mate exactly it's crazy all right dad this has been an
0: immense rip uh, i hope we've, <laughs> <hope> we've covered <laughs> lots dive, dive
1: down some rabbit holes tonight geez is there
0: anything we missed or anything 20. that you wanted to um like uh, leave the plebs with um well I, mate i sorry
1: if you had one orange pill left to give to someone who would you give that to and why I've been thinking about this a lot. I think definitely my mother-in-law, father-in-law, right. um, you know, they're just the, the the classic example of people who slave their lives away to get to an age when the government deems it okay for you to retire, you know, and they've put their better years, like they're, they're still quite young and fit and healthy. So um, my father-in-law just retired last, I think it was last year. Yeah. mid covid and um you know he's in his 60s but he's he's given the work life the better part of his his body and his and he, and his years so he's he's his his body is not what it used to be so he can't enjoy that retirement like he would have 10 years ago is the point i'm trying to make um they they're the guys that owe an orange pill um, I, i'm nearly there i'm nearly there they they have actually said the words i think we're ready to buy some bitcoin they just haven't they haven't, they haven't pulled the trigger yet. Uh, so I would use that orange pill and I'd, I'd pill them.
0: Very cool, mate. Very cool. And is there any, uh, anything left that you want to say to the, uh, the fellow plebs out there that, like you, maybe they've been going to bed in the evening thinking about writing an article or starting a podcast or a YouTube channel because they know they're ready now yep. to give back what they've started to learn. Um, what do you say to the lurkers?
1: You just gotta, you just gotta start. Um, trust in yourself, put yourself out there. Um, and, and I mean, this is honestly the best thing for my own education. And, and you know, yourself, as soon as you've got to start teaching somebody else something and you put it in writing, God forbid you, you, you stuff up and you put something wrong in writing because it's there forever and people will remind you, um, you know, it, it, it's really a good educational tool for yourself. And it's just built so much conviction in myself as well. When, you know, I had to do that little bit extra research. I had to, you know, I heard about that article. Was that actually true? I better go and cite something or, or get a reference to it. And you're just building up, build, building up massive conviction to yourself. So I, I, I strongly encourage if you, if you think you've got an idea, you think that you can help and grow this community and just help educate other plebs, man. Cause we, I mean, we're the guys that need it. God forbid, we, we are the guys that need it the most and, and you'll help yourself by doing it. It's a beautiful thing yeah and thank you to guys like yourself as well who give a voice to us pledge you know so without yourself um you know i think i grew 20 followers overnight just by you retweeting out my latest article so you know it's 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 helping to cement that message and um and you know a lot of what i say won't necessarily help people already falling down the rabbit hole but hopefully it gives another bullet another another bit of ammo to the arsenal when you when you're com, um confronted with this fud and you don't really quite know how to you go oh that's right that guy wrote about that article on inflation or just send send someone that you know and if the the work's already done then it helps helps you to orange pill others you know yeah because we all all need to benefit from this
0: more content
1: the better and uh absolutely there's, there's a and different takes as well you know Different approaches, yep. different ways of explaining it.
0: Someone could write about the exact same topic. This is like we were, you know, to, to loop back to what we were talking about teaching math earlier on. Um, you know, someone could write about the exact same topic, but in a different style and in a style that's going to, you know, click with a certain person. You know, there could be two articles about inflation. You read one, you're like, ah, I have no idea. You read the other, like, oh, right, yeah, I get it. So. Don't think. Exactly. Don't think just because, you know, people like Parker and, um, and, and Rob and, and anybody else that's done great writing in the space is reaching everyone because they're not, you know, as, exactly as many right. people as they are reaching, they're, they're not going to get
1: everyone and we need more. I mean to just to, to um, reinforce that point a little bit. I have zero new ideas. I'm <laughs> just uh, rehashing it in, in a you know try to rehash it in a different way. And and if I if you know I my first article, if I said if I could help one person with this article, I've done my job. Mm-hmm. If I help one person to go, huh, you know what? I'll give that a go. I'll buy some. I'll get some exposure to Bitcoin, and that's that's the first step. Just just buy. Grab hundred bucks out of your bank and buy hundred bucks worth of Bitcoin. You got skin in the game then, and you're incentivized to educate yourself. And do that, do educate yourself, continue learning about it. Because when these institutional shakeouts um, happen, like we've just experienced, you need that conviction because you will get scared. And just got to huddle, man, just got to huddle.
0: That's where we're going to leave it,
1: just got to huddle. That's been great to get to know cool. you, man. Take care, have a great day. Yeah, evening. you too, mate. Thanks for having me, man, appreciate it. See you, man. See hey, you, buddy.
0: Hey, guys, hope you enjoyed that rip with Daz from Down Under. Do Daz a favour. I mean, this is an Insta follow account if you've ever seen one. We've got a Bitcoin pleb, Down Under, writing, his, writing some amazing articles. Honestly, you've got to go and read them. They're brilliant articles to share with noobs. And he's putting his heart and soul into it, as he was telling us here. Completely self-educated and giving back to the community. He's only got 100 followers him a solid let's get some more follows for Daz incentivize him to do some more work create some more content and uh, you know DM him he's uh, he's he's as lonely as the rest of us Bitcoin plebs just looking for some love in this big wide world of Bitcoin now before we end this episode please make sure you go out and check out the, sp- the, uh, the sponsors of the show coinfloor.co UK. That's a Bitcoin only exchange in the UK where you can swap your pounds for sats. You can use forward slash bitten to save on commission. SwamBitcoin.com forward slash bitten in the US. Download the app, start stacking sats. It couldn't be simpler. Relay, R-E-L-A-I ch forward slash bitten across Europe. Do the same with your euros and then take control of your coins Use the Bitbox O2 Bitcoin Edition Hardware Wallet. You can find that at shiftcrypto.ch forward slash bitten. I look forward to the next show, guys. Take care.